0: 97.1 FM
1: Talk
0: Podcast.
2: Well, the time has arrived, ladies and gentlemen. And it's always very special to welcome in my blood brother, Uncle Ted Nugent, into the show. It's been a while. How are you, Uncle Ted?
3: I'm doing, doing pretty stupid in spite of the royal cluster whack that we're surrounded by by the treacherous government of the United States of America and the media and academia and the drag queen festivals in kindergarten. Other than that, I'm having a great hunting season. How are you? Boy,
2: you've covered everything in, in that. You're. I'm glad you included academia and some of those other things because you're not kidding. We'll get to all of that. I'm doing very well, Ted. I have not seen you in a little bit. We had you on the show as I switched over to the FM about a year and a half ago. But I don't think that the... Uh, The Detroit Muscle 2022 tour came through St. Louis. Am I wrong about that? You know, and I
3: pity you people because, my God, Mark, I don't know who I think I am. Actually, I'm beyond the thinking stage at this point. But I I had the most wonderful, fire-breathing, intense, ferocious fun, the tightest music, the most insane audiences, real music lovers, Ted Nugent, Detroit Muscle 2022. You know, Mark, I love you, and I know God loves you, but I think God loves me a little more than he loves you because Probably. he gave me the greatest tour of my life. I'm literally intoxicated just from the guitar tone. So, yes, I apologize. We only have a window in between hunting seasons. and Of course, my hunting season is exactly 10 months long. Yes. So uh, we got out there and rocked our flaming balls off for two months. Greg Smith on bass guitar, Jason Hartless on drums. The greatest group, the greatest crew in the world. The hardest working. We turned every night into a Ted Nugent American Rhythm and Blues Rock and Roll dream. I'm the luckiest guitar player in the world.
2: Well, when when can we get you back here? Are there more tours over the summer? Are you gonna wait or over the winter? are You gonna wait till next summer again?
3: Well, we only go out in the summertime. I think uh, I got my priorities down a long time ago. (laughs) The hunting season is really, we've talked about this before. It really is the physics of spirituality. It is the ultimate sanctuary. I killed two beautiful deer last night with my bow and arrow. And you know what, Mark? There was no Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden gangster family to be found in my woods. It was a (laughs) perfect escape from the ugliness and the abuse of power and the criminality by our treasonous government. And like you said, academia, the soulless monsters that run the teachers union, even Disney has gone berserk now and, and certainly Hollywood has no soul. So my hunting time is a sacred soul cleanser because I still fight like a son of a bitch every day against these evil forces as I'm doing in my own way right now with you, as you do. But then I need to improvise, adapt and overcome and the mystical flight of the arrow and the God's rewards of backstraps and much spirit is really important to me. So there won't be another rock and roll flamethrower till next summer, I suspect.
2: Well, we got to get you here back to St. Louis. It's been uh, a couple of years. On the hunting topic, I love this. I think you'll appreciate this. My, uh, my hunting mentor, I spoke with Kevin Yeager this week. You actually met his brother years ago when you came into the studio and did the— uh, the epic reared and round Sable. But my daughter, Ted, who's now seven and a half, has gone to deer camp for, I think, four years straight. And her mom, God bless her, my wife, had some plans to perhaps travel to see her cousin because her cousin lives in Colorado. They were going to meet in Chicago. But this was the same weekend, Ted, of firearm deer season here in Missouri. And my daughter found out about this plan and was really sad. She cried. She's like, I want to go to deer camp. Now, that's just good parenting on my part. Don't you think she chose deer camp?
3: Well, if I may, and I have the authority to do so, God uh, invested in me. Mark, you and your wife get Parents of the Lifetime Award, because if you have guided your young daughter into the perfection of God's miraculous creation as a participant, a hands-on conservationist, then you are great, great parents. Like my parents were wonderful parents that taught me about conservation, aim small, miss small, discipline. Our duty, our spiritual duty as resource stewards, as I've taught my kids and grandkids. So congratulations to you and tell her I love her madly.
2: Well, hopefully you'll get a chance to to meet her at some point. She's not quite ready to shoot the gun, but I, I think we might get there, but she likes to hang out. She likes to go to the um, you know, to the stand. We have a couple that are very comfortable for the kids that are at deer camp. So it is great. So what you you killed two deer? Are you hunting any hogs or anything like that right now?
3: Yeah, I killed a lot of hogs in Texas. I haven't killed any here in Michigan yet. There are a few. But uh, I'm guiding and outfitting people nonstop. I got a camp full of great veterans, uh, great uh, uh, Vietnam veterans, and uh, the campfires at our Nugent camp, uh, and that's one of the reasons your daughter has fallen in love with that atmosphere. It's really not about killing the deer; it really is that's about right. that primal, that primal urgency, that primal purity of hands-on conservation, killing your own food, balancing the herd taking that spirit of the wild deep into your belly and your soul. And that's what turns her on. It's such a powerful instinct. And when you share a campfire with these Vietnam veterans and they celebrate the escape, the sanctuary that these campfires and the deer stand and the woods and the swamps, what it represents to them, I'm telling you, it humbles you beyond words. It fortifies my spirit to continue to fight to the Constitution that they dedicated themselves to, and so many have sacrificed for. So, yeah, Deer Camp is a lot more than just about venison. If you really apply your heart and soul into being the best that you can be, you will get some venison out of the deal. But all the other gifts—the the 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 open uninhibitedness around the campfire with these people that have gone through hell and back—you um, you know that's why I'm as energized and so dedicated that I am, and patriotic is because I hear the stories from the guys that drag their buddies off the battlefield in pieces, and it makes you realize that how freedom is not free. And probably more powerful than that, Mark, how dishonest our government is, how offensive, how irresponsible, how corrupt that they allow rocket fuel into the water at at Camp Lejeune and that all the military camps are mismanaged and they're toxic and the mold and all the barracks I'm telling you, I could break your heart with the stories. But ultimately, the real takeaway is that these veterans that I share a campfire with every weekend, Mark, I booked solid all the way into next year. And I'm telling you, I sponge their spirit, their attitude, their heartbreak, and their dedication to make this country great again. They're not just MAGAs. They're not just ultra-magas. They're gonzo-make-America-great-again people, and I'm around them every day.
2: Well, and, you know, I tell people a couple things about you um, when when we talk about TED News. I say you're a big teddy bear. You know that. You're a big teddy bear. I've seen that. But I've been backstage when you've taken these veterans in locally and, you know, met them, and it's really a special moment. So I I didn't know you did that every weekend, but that really is amazing.
3: Yeah, we have a Sunrise safaris that I started uh, booking and guiding hunts way back in the late 70s because, all the crazy music lovers, who I love dearly, I'm, we're all one big, crazy, music-loving family. But they saw how much excitement I delivered when I talked about the mystical flight of the arrow, the martial arts of archery, the aim-small-miss-small discipline of marksmanship and safe gun handling. And, of course, in the world of rock and roll, you never hear that unless you hear it from Ted Nugent. So they would always ask me, well, how do I get into hunting? What kind of gun should I get? What kind of ammo? What kind of bow? What kind of fishing rod should I get? So I started Sunrise Safaris years ago. You can go to tednugent.com and see what we do throughout the year. We book and guide. And I personally guide them myself. I, I'm there setting them up in their deer stands and getting the campfire ready. And my son and I do the cooking. we got great, great uh, friends that help us. But when, when you take them into the woods, um they discover this powerful instinct and so I use this Sunrise Safari's guiding and booking operation to baptize people into that higher level of awareness that's mandatory in the hunting world and that will make you better at everything you pursue in life and it's really been very gratifying
2: ted nugent is with us on 97 one fm talk as we take you into the weekend all right let's kind of segue into politics i mean w- what a mess you, you can't it's great for talk show hosts as you might imagine this administration but the the hypocrisy that bleeds out of the white house and the white house briefing room on a daily basis just on we can just tackle the issue of the border I mean, you you, you got to be familiar with that, with the connections to Texas. But they complain about they have actually called this human trafficking, Uncle Ted, when they did the same damn thing. And they're still doing it because we got eight thousand people flooding across the border every day. Mark, I hear you and I love you madly. You
3: know how much I love you, because I know when Ted Nugent's not there with you, that you've got truth, logic and common sense. We the people covered and on behalf of society out there whether they listen to the mark Reardon show or not thank you you have always been on point you are my truth logic common sense american dream blood brother and i know you deliver the truth logic and common sense without hesitation without compromise i have my own ted nugent real america's voice spirit campfire i do a thing called the nightly nuge um where i tackle these issues but i have a funny feeling mark and I'm confident that when you speak about these atrocities, these violations, these oath violators in our government from from Biden down, as if you can get much lower than that, um, thank you for articulating and spotlighting the cockroaches. I, on behalf of the the uh, Truth, Logic, and Common Sense Brotherhood, I, Ted Nugent, uh, give you Mark Reardon the. Cockroach Spotlighter Award of the Year, because that's really what this is about. And and Joe Biden and and, and Christopher Ray, and they're all a bunch of gangsters. When the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, looks in the camera, this military leader of the United States of America looks in the camera without hesitation. This fat, slob bastard says that he warned the communist Chinese military leaders what the Americans' plans are.
2: Mark, does it get any more no, demonic than it, that? You know, it's outrageous. Next, All these You're a big military supporter. We just went over that, a big supporter of law enforcement. You have now a country that really can't have faith in the FBI, in the Justice Department. I, I hope we can in the military, but your point about the leadership is well taken. And now, I guess, maybe even in the Supreme Court, because we still don't have the leaker, which is stunning to me.
3: Well, you know, you mentioned the Texas border. That's a manifestation of a cultural abandonment, obviously. You don't have a country without a border. That's not a guitar player's opinion. That's a historical truism. And I know, I I think it's kind of cute that my governor, Abbott, is shipping invaders up to Martha's Vineyard, and that was DeSantis, actually, but up to Washington, D.C., and Chicago, Mm. and New York. I think it's cute. But that's not how you stop an invasion, Mark. You don't reward invaders with a bus ticket into the heartland. You turn invaders back. I was on the border with the heroes of the United States military. I was on the border with the heroes of United States law enforcement and landowners and citizens that are being invaded. And they're members of the MS-13, they're members of Al-Qaeda, they're OTMs other than Mexicans, they're Somalians, they're terrorists on the terrorist watch. And they are invading our country, and you don't stop it by giving them a bus ticket. What kind of numbnut does that? Yeah, well, I think it's it's an absolute mistake. You're supposed to turn invaders back. Get the hell out of my country. You come through the front door or you're not allowed in here. How's yeah. that for a policy? Uh,
2: well look I'm I'm with you on that. It's funny. This uh this guy from uh MSNBC, I don't know who he is, Mehdi Hassan goes off on this Twitter rant the other day. He thinks he has Ron DeSantis in a bit of a, a pickle because he reveals, Ted, imagine this that Luigi Colucci was an Italian immigrant who came here in nineteen seventeen 1917, unable to read or write, and thanks to what some of the right call chain migration, she also happens to be the great-great-grandmother of Ron DeSantis. So this guy's big reveal was that he had a great-great-grandmother that came here legally in 1917, to make a better life for herself. So they don't, they really don't. This is baffling because I don't know how the brains work on the liberal side. They, they work in a different way. I think we know that. They don't understand the difference, the basic difference. I think it's pretty easy between legal and illegal immigration. That's not too hard, is it? Well,
3: call me an extremist. Huh? I'm proud of that. Call me a radical. I couldn't right. be more proud. There's nothing more beautiful and radical in the history of humankind than an experiment in self government. So call me a radical all day long. But stop and think about it. You've got represented Joe Biden gangster administration, while people are walking across the border from Mexico to America, telling you with the footage going on that they're not walking from Mexico to the United States of America. You're t- you got you got the leftist, the Democrat media. Boy, that guy's home on MSNBC, isn't he? I mean. I'm all for legal banking. If you only withdraw from your bank account, I support you 100%. If you try to withdraw from my bank account, I'll shoot you in the kneecap. Um, (laughs) There's a big difference between legal and illegal. Of course, you get a job on MSNBC. You can't know that.
2: No, that's that's apparently too complicated. Hang in there. Uncle Ted, Ted Nugent with us on 97.1 FM Talk. Much more to go. Uncle Ted, Ted Nugent, back with us on 97.1 FM Talk. We're talking a little politics. We covered some music and some uh, hunting earlier. And let me talk about DeSantis and Trump and the dynamics of the White House, because I truly am curious about your opinion on this. There's a report today, Megyn Kelly, who knows if this is true. Megan Kelly says that she has a source that says Trump won't want run in 2024 candidly, I think I've told you this before, I wasn't the biggest fan of the behavior of the former president. Fine with the policy. In fact, he surprised me a lot. But I think moving forward, I like what DeSantis has to offer because I think we need to kind of push forward. Your thoughts on that? Are you sticking with Trump or do you see DeSantis as an option, Ted?
3: Well, I certainly concur with your observations. They're well founded in uh, conduct and uh, evidence. And I think Ron DeSantis uh, is probably neck and neck with Christy Nome for the best governors in the United States of America right now, certainly better than Greg Abbott. And Greg Abbott can be a good governor at times, but if you were a good bass player, you couldn't be in my band. You got to be a stone cold <laughs> right. son of a to be exactly. in my band. Exactly. And I think Ron DeSantis uh, qualifies, what did I just say, S S S O B. That's what he is. A S C S O B. Um, yeah. Ron DeSantis is the real McCoy. He is really steered. Florida, the great state of Florida, constitutionally, real rule of law, not to be confused with the uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden anti-rule of law or the FBI violations of rule of law. So, yeah, Ron DeSantis is great, but let me give you my current take, if okay. I may, because I, yeah, I keep in touch with this stuff. I'm on it every day. What the FBI and what the DOJ And this government, this treasonous, deep state, corrupt, criminal government has done to Donald Trump, has fortified the support for this man as the tip of the culture war spear, because every one of his policies made America great. Secure the border, not just energy independence, energy dominance got us out of the Paris Accord because I don't think American taxpayers should pay for the pollution of Bangladesh, China, and India. What an idea that is. How about they just clean up their own air, soil, and water like America has done and not force America to pay the fines for polluters? That was good. Biden got us back into that. Everything Donald Trump did, low crime, the lowest unemployment the lowest unemployment in history. Stop me when I get to the bad stuff. Yeah, no, I know there. There's no yeah. bad stuff, and that the DOJ has so turned on this great American, Donald J. Trump, has fortified the spirit of we the people to support this man because he represents. All right, is he a bad interview? He's a bad interview. I, I love his speeches, but he could do it in 40 minutes, what takes him two hours. And I, 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 I've told yeah. the president this to his face, so yeah. I'm not talking behind his back. I love Donald Trump. He was the best president we ever had, the best economy, the best pollution stoppage, the best unemployment, the best energy dominance. I mean, what a great, great leader because he took America like you take a business and you've got to be accountable for the bottom line. Well, there's no doubt
2: that, yeah, when it comes to the achievements and the accomplishments, and look, I was wrong about that. I I didn't think he would stick with some of the conservative principles, but the Supreme Court picks alone were big victories. So I'm with you on all of that, and I get it. (laughs) Believe me. I just wonder if the country can take – a level of exhaustion that you know this is manufactured. The media wants this because they don't want to be fair to the Republicans. They never are. The omissions that occur on a daily basis in news coverage is just outrageous. By the way, have you heard—this is a good test for you, I think, because I don't know how many people heard about this. Did you hear the BYU-Duke story from a few weeks ago? Were you dialed into that? Absolutely. How Absolutely. ridiculous was that? that moment. Yes, and we've had those here in St. Louis as well. Every one of these race hoaxes, the instinct should be, especially on the part of the media, Ted, to say this didn't happen, prove to me that it happened because we need evidence. They do the exact opposite. They run with claims and race, and they label BYU as a bunch of white supremacists and racists because of a claim that never, ever happened. That, to me, is stunning, but I guess it happens time all the time especially on the race and gender stuff these days
3: well it goes back to the duke university um lies and scam and and and, and, and manufactured racism and sexism and rapes i mean you can't trust the media they're i you know again i'll go back to my campfires uh, my spirit campfires with hard-working american families every weekend most of them are vets uh, just, just, you know, hardware store operators, car dealers, cops, teachers, people from every imaginable walk of life. The good people of America absolutely distrust the media. They absolutely distrust every alphabet bureaucracy from the CDC to the FDA to the USDA to the ATF to the FBI. Nobody trusts anything that is represented by the government of the United States, the IRS, are you kidding me? I mean, in academia, I mean, it's not about learning anything important. It's about mind-washing and and propaganda. It's just atrocious. So that gets me back to our our point about Donald Trump versus DeSantis. Both of them would be wonderful. But I think that the the average citizen who had their heads so far up their ass with apathy and disconnect— that they're starting to realize just how criminal are government, media, academia, Hollywood, big tech, fact checkers? Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah, that's so a now joke.
3: society is going, oh, I get it, and Donald Trump is the most hated person by all these untrustworthy entities, then I trust Donald Trump that much more. I think there's a galvanizing storm taking place where people are watching Donald Trump being attacked with lies and vicious hate based on nothing but ideology, and the other ideology is basically Satanism, and money laundering and Ukraine. We're going to send money to Ukraine, but not to secure our borders or our schools. I could go no, on, that's, Mark, See that, the yeah, on. and
2: I think that people are onto that, too. And, and this is why you know yes. you, you saw a few weeks ago you had this narrative where oh, the red wave is not going to happen. The red wave is going to happen. And you have states like Wisconsin where Ron Johnson's pulling ahead of a guy who, you know, hates America and wants to defund the police. you got a safe seat here in Missouri with my friend, Attorney General Eric Schmidt, which is good. Fetterman is a mess in Pennsylvania, so I think Oz wins. Herschel Walker's pulling tighter. By the way, did you hear Stacey Abrams yesterday and her nonsense with the uh, there's no heartbeat six weeks? It's just manufactured by men. We made this up to control women, Ted.
3: i mean, I got to tell you. Who needs Comedy Central with right. Democrats? This is this is pure hysteria. I, and I and I gotta tell you, even some of the traditional Democrats and and liberals out there are starting to wince and furl their brows and go, "Huh? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah. So yeah, thank God for Stacey Abrams because we need someone who is just one big line idiot. Well, we have one of those here in St. Louis. We got,
2: yeah, we got Cori Bush. You're probably familiar with her. And I've offered to go out and put up campaign you know, yard signs for her because she's like the gift that keeps on giving for Republicans. She really is every time she opens her mouth or tweets. She's a good Absolutely. thing for Republicans.
3: Yeah, I think, I think these are important times because um, the criminality, the, the instinct by bad people to violate the constitutional oath is so out in the open. I mean, just the, just the setting of the recent Biden speech with the satanic red lights and forcing a couple of U.S. Marine Corps heroes that should have declined the invite um, to turn it into a political rally instead of a, some type of State of the Union uh, left turn. Uh, but they're right out in the open now. As Stacey Abrams and, and the Liz Cheneys and the Mitt Romneys of the world, they're waking people up to go, my God, you can't be serious. That can't work. That can't be right. So At this point, I'm going to tell you, I am still 100 percent behind Donald Trump, because if if the enemies of freedom and the enemies of liberty hate him that much, he's got to be even greater than we think he is.
2: Before I let you go, i got to plow us tooling around the website. If you go to tednugent.com, all kinds of fun stuff on there. You mentioned the um, there's a, the podcast, the YouTube and the podcast. Is that the same thing, or are you doing two different things? Because I don't want to be confused I, on that.
3: I'm nonstop. You know, okay. once I get in and I gut, get done with gutting my deer and hanging it up, I do the Ted Nugent nightly nuge every day. <laughs> and I, I do uh, the Ted Nugent Real America Voice Spirit Campfire uh, every Friday at, at uh, 9 p.m., I think it is. And that that airs all week on Real America's Voice. But then I do media every day, and I do a spontaneous Ted Nugent Spirit campfire on all the social media platforms that they don't completely censor. But, yeah, I'm cock black and ready to rock the block around the clock. Now, well, I
2: knew you would be, but then, so you have some items on here, and I love this one. You can get the come-and-take-it flag, which is autographed. It says it's out of stock, but I have to read the description. Hopefully we'll get more. It says, Dear Mr. Biden, O'Rourke, and all you other oath-violating traders, Google my address and itinerary and come-and-take-it. If you want to play Concord Bridge again, you'll be the British, and I will be the Americans again. I have flown this freedom flag over the Nugent sacred freedom acres and personally autographed Everyone to bring you unstoppable freedom with Gonzo Spirit Mojo. Let all your American, I can't say that word on the radio, freedom fly high. (laughs) I almost did. Come and take it. I love that. We got to get those in stock, Ted. It says they're out of stock. I want one of those.
3: I got to get you one. Yeah, by the way, I had a bumper crop of middle fingers this year. So if anybody's (laughs) short, I'll airlift them into your dining room.
2: I will trade you a come and take it flag. I'm going to send this to you and Linda. I'm guessing Ted Nugent medium. Can I say medium? Is that your shirt size? Because I have a Mark Bearden Show. No, give me an XL at this point. I I carry two (laughs) guns now. Okay. XL. I'll send a couple. The Mark Bearden Show t-shirts. They're beautiful. You can heckle your enemies with them and wear them proudly. It actually is a really nice t-shirt. So I'm going to send some up to Detroit. It's awesome connecting with you again. I've missed you dearly, as you might imagine. And come see us in St. Louis next summer, okay?
3: Well, Mark, I will reciprocate. I've got a Ted Nugent I-Will-Not-Comply hat. And if you wear that in Austin, Texas, the hippies will part like the Red Sea before Moses. I will send you a Ted Nugent I-Will-Not-Comply hat. You can get that at TedNugent.com, too.
2: Thank you, Ted. I love you. My blood brother, we appreciate you coming on here in St. Louis. There is no better way to go into the weekend than this conversation tonight on 97.1 FM Talk. Thank you, Uncle Ted.
3: Thank you, Mark. God bless America, man.
2: You know one thing about listening back to that interview which took place before the midterms you can hear how wrong the host was about all his predictions and but you, you know you always oh, say you're wrong. Oz is going to win easily. No oh. that didn't happen you know No, no not Herschel. no but you know on a serious note, <clears throat> because I think that since that conversation, which was at the end of uh, September, <clears throat> some dynamics have changed with the former president as well. and I know that Mr. Nugent hey, is a big fan, but we'll have to see if that tonight. changes. Hey, on Saturday night, I was at home, and I'm kind of mad that I was at home because um, my buddy Brent Coder, who uh, I call him Nick Coder, that's a long story, but he's the guy who designed that logo that's right behind us, you know, that we have on the t-shirts, you can buy those at Whiskey Dickerson. He was chastising me because he's at the Dome and he's watching Kenny Wallace and the Gateway Dirt Nationals. He's like, why the hell are you not here to see your buddy, Kenny uh-huh. Wallace? And then I asked myself that question. Why the hell am I not there? We didn't know. So And I and I feel terrible. We're going to talk about that. But last night I, I mentioned that I went to the pageant and I took an Uber back home. And I'm in the Uber and I start, you know, popping around on social media just to kill the time in the car. And I come up on Instagram and Kenny's got this video where he's standing on top of the car dancing around. <laughs> and then he, did the, he used this app and he's going to describe it here. Here because it's just like a four-second video that I laughed my ass off watching. It's this awesome. Kenny, Wallace. it's just really good. You got to describe what you did here because it's really funny. How are you? Well, I'm doing good.
1: Uh, I'd be lying if I tell you I was perfect. You go down to the dome; it's wonderful. City, the city of St. Louis is flush with money now, Mark, and they're adding on to the dome. But there's 30,000 people there, so now I'm sick. <laughs> but. But I don't have COVID or nothing like that, just a cold. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, this really big dirt race. People from all over the world uh, come to the Dome in in downtown St. Louis. They put this makeshift dirt track on the football field, which is relatively uh, a good size. You know, we forget how big the Dome is, right? So I, I, I do really good. And I love Snapchat because I can let it fly on Snapchat. Well, you know, you can just do whatever you want to do. You really can. And uh, so they got this app where it shows your face watching yourself. So I'm on top of the car (laughs) acting a fool, and and I put my face up there, and I go, I I, I said, uh, you know, I'm a mess. And uh, (laughs) like you said, you know, you can narrate yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it is wild, and it is a little creepy. But I, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I know my numbers. You know, we just looked. Oh, who all who all watched it, my friend? It was a very simple post. But got the most amount of views in of the whole year. I, I can
2: imagine. As I'm watching it last night, I texted him on the way back in the Uber. I said, dude, your Instagram looking at yourself, acting like a fool, having fun, cracking my blank up because it really just made me. Laugh I've watched it three times, loud. Kenny. But let's talk about why you did the video, yeah. Kenny, because you had great success on Saturday night, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. There was a. Uh 60 cars in my division, that's six zero. that's a lot, and they only start 20, you know, in front of this jam-packed, raucous house of people. and uh, So uh, I was in danger of not making it, you know, not making the race. And uh, there was this, what they call, win and you're in. you got to win the race. And I started fourth, and I passed the leader on the last lap, last quarter. And, I mean, that crowd, that crowd went nuts. I heard them inside the race car so the race is kind of a celebration of racing it's, it's kind of a it's real but it's, you know you're expected to be a little theatrical so i'm pulling into victor lane and, and everybody knows i'm a little off center anyway and i'm like <laughs> I, and, and i'm thinking to myself oh no they're, they're expecting me to put on a show think think oh hell yeah you can't go wrong doing rick flair so i win the race <laughs> You know, it it was a big deal against some great race car drivers. And uh, so the win was in exciting fashion. Then I get on, and and I just do Ric Flair. I do the strut. I do the championship belt. And, whoa, and I mean 30,000 people. Whoa, whoa. And, I mean, you couldn't hear yourself. And all of this right now is all over social media. It's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, TikTok. It's everywhere. So uh, St. Louis in the United States, they gave me a lot of love and uh, it sure was a night I'll never forget.
2: Wow. Listen to the announcers kind of call this. And by the way, when when Brent reached out, when my friend Coda reached out on Saturday, he sent me the video of that moment when it happened and yeah, the crowd was going nuts here.
1: Wallace is going to look deep
2: the Herminator gets it done I on that it. last lap. You it know, wasn't like that, like that a... slingshot deal, was it, like that other guy did a month ago?
1: Well, no, not lot like that, but it was close. <laughs> it was close. It was, uh, you know, the, the fans, uh, well, what had happened? Now, let me back up just one second here. I I was passing the leader, and there was a car that blew a motor, so the caution comes out the very last lap as I'm passing the guy. Now we got to re-rack them, do it all again, you know, it's like it's like scoring a touchdown and there's a flag, and you got to do it oh, all over right, again. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I did it again, and, and uh, I got the guy again. And you know, this guy's really good. He wins all over the United States, and uh, I just set I just set it up and got the job done.
2: So what is how do you get the job done? I mean, we know the crowd fuels athletes. Um, a lot of athletes block out the crowd in serious moments. I've heard that's kind of an interesting phenomenon, but is it the adrenaline that just pushes you through? Is there a little racing luck involved? Is it a combo deal?
1: You know, I once asked Albert Paul, I said, Albert, how, how do you hit a home run, you know, in the world series when millions of people are watching you? And his response was perfect. He goes, Kenny, how do you go 200 mile an hour at, the, at Daytona? Yeah. And I said, okay, I, I get it. You know, so each, each craft, each sport, it's really strange, Mark. You just you just block the crowd out, you know, it's just really strange to do it. But I mean I, I, I have my little my little rhythm. You know, I get in that car and I get by myself and you know, I, I say a little prayer and I, you know, calm my heart rate down and I'm like, Okay, look, everybody else in this race is just like me and I just gotta do my job, you know, don't don't try to do too much now. I will say that took years of experience. Sure. Yeah of course. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's how you know. Well, let me let me
2: play. This what you said after the race. Yeah, it was a special moment in my career. You know, we've run the
1: Daytona 500, the Southern 500, and raced all over the world. And that was probably one of the most special moments in my life. The fans love TV, and uh, you know, we we know that you know nobody's got a problem with understanding that this is a theatrical event. This is a this is a celebration of dirt racing. I say, you know, you win it, it matters. But if it don't go good, nobody's going to judge you. But for me, that meant everything because, you know, I was born literally eight miles up the road here. I was born at Lutheran Hospital off Jefferson Street. And uh, St. Louis is my home. And, you know, and showing up in front of my hometown people and having everybody love me like that. I mean, who doesn't love love? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's that so
2: is awesome. I can hear the emotion. Well, congratulations on that. I'm glad. And, you know, look, the fans got a great show too. Yeah, so they you did. did your job, right, Herm?
1: yeah we did our job and this was an event you know that started about six years ago and everybody in the world i mean world they're like there ain't no way because it's been tried before but but never that you know i tell you i took st louis blues hockey player colton pareko i took him there and colton got in the dome and he goes gosh i forgot how big these domes are you know i mean Uh it's crazy but you know if you ain't been to the dome in a while when you walk in it's a little breathtaking but uh they were able to lay it out, and now it's going to go on its seventh year, and uh, it's sold out, packed every time. So it's good- I was
2: impressed. with. First of all, we're angry that I was not dialed into this because I think it looked like a lot of fun. But when I saw the video from my friend, it was amazing how, how much dirt was in the middle of that dome and how awesome the track looked.
1: Hey, Kenny, let me ask you something, Sue. How, how different is it to drive in the dome than it is down off of 55 outside? I mean, does it, is it a different oh, yeah. feel? Yeah, it's, it's a different feel, and that's what brings the atmosphere. You know, it's contained. I mean, you know, they talk about it in football, and, uh, you know, it, it's just it, it's a little spooky because, you know, you don't ever do it. You know you're in uncharted territory. And uh, so when you pull on that racetrack, you know, it's not like you can, you know, look off, you know, into the sunset or right. tree. I mean, when, when you pull on that track, everybody – in that, you that know, stadium, I mean, they're, they're looking at you. It's uh, the Dome, you know. They're staring at you. So, you know, if you mess up, they know it. If you do good, they know it. And we got lucky last night and did good.
2: Awesome. Well, congratulations so on a fun weekend here in St. Louis in front of the hometown crowd. Everything else going well?
1: Yep, and I just want to say one thing. Uh, you know, I follow, I just started following Everything City, uh, all the special events on Instagram. Uh, our Chamber of Commerce could do a better job because my fans, you know, they packed Sugar Fire and Hodak and Pappies and uh, everybody was all the owners of the restaurant is like, what the hell's going on? Lines are out the door, so uh, Mayor needs to do a little better job with special events going on in St. Louis. But it still, it all went good.
2: Yay! Good. Uh, yeah, I'd say a much better job, but there it is. Yeah, Kenny that's... Wallace, we'll talk before Christmas. Thanks for coming on. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. That is awesome. And if you haven't seen the video, you got to go oh, see the video. It's because It's so worth it. It is a lot of fun. Now, the audio cut of the day. Sponsored by the Good Feet Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. That conversation with Kenny Wallace from a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. sprinkling in some best in uh, best of segments as we get through this week on 97.1 FM Talk. But I still have to do audio cut of the day. And let me start with a TV report from Dallas. This is Fox 4 in Dallas. Sort of summing things up here.
4: According to FlightAware, Southwest Airlines canceled nearly 70% of flights today. That means travelers were forced to wait in long lines like this one behind me for hours today and to try to call Southwest Airlines on the phone with little to no answers. But then the second time, I'm now. I'm frustrated. Asmau Malone spent her Monday waiting in a Southwest rebooking line for hours—a line at Dallas Love Field she's been in multiple times since Saturday, Christmas Eve. I was trying to go to Florida, spend Christmas with my family. Came here, I didn't go to call, text, email, or anything. Got here, my flight was canceled. Her Monday flight was also canceled, along with the vast majority of people who planned to travel with Southwest.
2: One of the things, I want to stop it right there, that I've always felt, because I fly mainly with Southwest, that they're so good at texting you. If there's a delay, if something happens, you're notified right away. So essentially, what's being said right now in the aftermath of all of this, because other airlines have had to deal with the weather as well, is that they were hit harder because they have computer systems that aren't up to speed. So they couldn't get the crews to waiting planes. They couldn't put passengers on alternative flights. Um, and it just kept cascading and getting worse and worse and worse.
4: Like I've never, I've never seen it like that. The Dallas-based airline canceled close to 70 percent of its fleet nationwide the day after Christmas, by far the most of any U.S. airline. This comes after a weekend of cancellations and travelers being forced to sleep at the airport.
2: So there's a guy that's quoted in a New York Times story, Henry Hartfelt, who has covered airlines for two decades for Atmosphere Research Group, and he says this is the. Worst round of cancellations for any single airline I can recall in a career of more than 20 years as an industry analyst. I, I mentioned there's a friend of mine from St. Louis who was in New York who put on Facebook that he was unable, he's got a funeral Thursday. Southwest cannot get him here, so they had to go to Charlotte and they're spending $2,000 just to get back here. Fly another to St. airline. Louis. This sort of sums it up. This guy is, uh, his name is Scott Jewell. He's in Denver. I have, I'm sorry, Portland. And he's been sleeping in the airport. And you can hear the exasperation, suit. And at the, the, the end of this, you'll hear he kind of... I mean, I think he basically is ready to cry.
3: I've passed anger. There's there's an old saying that says you can be angry for so long, but
2: eventually it comes to a point where you can do nothing but endure. And... That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's where he is oh. right now, and I think a lot of people are having to endure. It's one thing to endure. You know, People, we, we all have to endure things, but around the holidays and when the enduring takes not hours, but days, oh. perhaps. And you're sleeping at the airport. That's that's a tough situation. This is going to change Southwest forever. There's no doubt about it because their customers are pretty loyal, and they're going to have different feelings after this past week. We're back tomorrow with much more here on 97.1 FM Talk. Our audio cut of the day sponsored by my friends at the Goodfeet Store.